Okay, so lately, when I think of prayer, I think of my son, Asher. I actually, I actually have four kids. Uh, here's a picture of them, all of them. And what is great about this picture is you can see each of their personalities so clearly here. So Asher's the little one. If you don't know Asher, he is a four-year-old ball of boyish fire going 80 miles an hour with ants in his pants. He is always on 100% throttle. He doesn't know a stranger and he doesn't know any social limits. When we go to the store, he has no apprehension about like walking behind the counter and ringing up his own merchandise. Or if I'm holding him while praying out loud in a group afterward, he, he might squeeze my cheeks and say, good job, daddy. Uh, he punches and attacks his siblings to parental disapproval, of course. Uh, he kisses his siblings so much they might actually uh, prefer the punches. He steals their stuff. He gives them new stuff. He is the life of the party. Anyway, a few weeks ago, my family was at a friend's house making Christmas goodies like peanut brittle and other delicious things when they paused for lunch. I wasn't there. Uh, so the friend asked Asher if he wanted to pray for the meal, which he usually enjoys doing because, as I said, he's the life of the party and he wants to be the center of attention. Well, Asher politely declined with a simple, no. My friend then asked, why not? You know you have a straight line to God. To which he quickly replied, no, I don't. So our friend asked, you don't? Well, then what kind of line do you have to God? Asher thought deeply for a few seconds and then replied very comfortably, a squiggly one. And of course, everyone laughed because everybody knows if Asher has a line to God, it is a squiggly one. So this kind of reminds me of the old family circus comics where Billy would run around everywhere and his path would be traced out all over the place. In case you haven't seen it or haven't seen one in a while, I also brought along uh, one of the comics so you can see what I'm talking about. So here, Billy has five minutes to get home and back to the store before they close to get something for his mom. Well, he gets totally distracted by everything else in the world. He joins the neighborhood baseball game. He joins a football game in the streets. He visits an ice cream vendor, makes a lap around a motorcycle, goes to the toy store, and lots more steps. Finally, he reaches home and says, I forgot, Mommy, what was I supposed to get at the store? So this comic, uh, this comic accurately describes Asher. Asher is just more intense about his squiggly line. So let's shift gears and talk about this squiggly line to God that Asher thinks he has. We all know that if you want to pray to God, you want to access, if you, if you want to access the presence of God, it is not a squiggly line that you want. Just like if you have a problem at the store, you, you don't squiggly line your way through the staff, slowly getting up to leadership or the manager. You ask for the manager to speak face to face with the person in charge. But if you do want a squiggly line experience, you try to get something done through the government. That line is going to be as squiggly as the family circus comic that I showed you. So between the two choices, one, access to face-to-face -face conversation with leadership, or two, the squiggly line of some government experiences, most people would pick the straight and direct option. It's faster, it's more direct, you'll be heard more accurately. Not many people pick the second option as their first choice. But we do choose a squiggly line with God a lot of times. 
when it comes to our relationship with God, sometimes we can be like my son Asher, and we feel like we have to choose the squiggly line. Now, Asher was just saying he had a squiggly line because he wanted to get attention and be contrary. Uh, Like I said, Asher is a fireball with ants in his pants. Uh, But sometimes we feel like we don't have direct access to God for different reasons. For some of us, it's the way we live. We see the sin in our lives. We know how dirty and unrighteous we are. And we know, we, we know we can't come before this holy and perfect God. Or maybe we don't come to God because it has been so long since we have prayed or talked with him or read the Bible. And we wonder if we would be welcomed. Or maybe we aren't involved in terrible sin so much, but we know we aren't good enough. We haven't done enough, or we didn't stop somebody else from doing their terrible thing. We all have our personal reasons, but we sometimes feel distant and rejected from God. So then we think, okay, before I can get back in a close relationship with God, I need to try and control my particular sin struggle for a while. I need to get off these pills or stop watching porn or control my rageful blow-ups at my family or stop stealing from work or, or maybe I need to read the Bible every day for 15 minutes for a week or I need to give some money away to pay like penance for what I've done wrong and then God will turn back to me. Then my prayers will stop bouncing off the ceiling. Then God will hear me. Then God will stop being mad at me. Then I will feel closer to God and I will feel peace and things will be okay. Don't hear me wrong. You do need to stop watching porn. You do need to read the Bible every day. You do need to be generous, all for your own good. But what I'm talking about here is when we think that we have to control and get rid of our sin by ourselves before God will hear our prayers. What I'm talking about is when we think we can earn our own righteousness. We feel like we have to run all over the place and do this and do that all before we can ever approach God. Well, the truth is that our feelings are not unfounded. We are all depraved, sinful, selfish people. And if you think that depraved, sinful, selfish people shouldn't have direct access to God, you are right. In the Old Testament, God taught this very clearly through the Mosaic law when he required sacrifices for sin. The Old Testament law taught us that sin requires death. Sin requires permanent separation from the great holiness That is our creator God. If you will allow me to make the comparison, we see a very squiggly line to God when we look at the Mosaic law. We see very strict guidelines for how you handle sin, how you would have to cleanse yourself so that you could be in the presence of just the temple, not even the literal presence of God himself. We see strict rules, strict rituals, that would have to be performed annually by the high priest to purify and cover his own sin, all before following strict rituals he followed to purify and cover the sin of everyone else. God in his holiness does not allow sin to be in his presence. So yes, if you feel like you have to have a squiggly line of things you need to do in order to access to access the creator in prayer, or in any other relational way, you are right 
And truthfully, your squiggly line isn't squiggly enough. That process should be including a certain ritualistic blood sacrifice, perhaps ceremonial washing with water, some possible isolation, and certain amounts of money given to the temple of God. So get to it. So as Paul, the author of Hebrews, tells us later in Hebrews chapter 10, these rituals and sacrifices, they didn't even remove sin. They only covered it. Hebrews 10 talks about this. So turn there with me. Hebrews 10, 11 is where we're going to start. And it says, And every priest, referring to the Old Testament priests, and every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sin, which can never take away sin. Verse 12, But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he offered himself on the cross. That's what his, uh, his, uh, his offering was. He sat down at the right hand of God. Him sitting down here is in contrast to the standing of the priests in the previous verse, showing that his sacrifice was finished. No more was required. So even if you did pursue the squiggly line that you think you need to, to try to control your sin, covering it up with good works or being nice or whatever else you think you need to do so that God will hear you, just like with the sacrifices of old, it doesn't take away your sin. Your squiggly line doesn't make you any cleaner or any holier. It doesn't draw you any closer to God. Why? Because sin is only removed by the perfect, complete, once and for all sacrifice of Jesus. Your personal ritual of self-cleansing doesn't help you. It doesn't help you at all. There's never enough squiggle that you can do. There's never enough good works or ritual sacrifices or ceremonial cleansings that you do to make you acceptable to God. If you want to access God by your own deeds, be as perfect as Jesus. If you've already sinned once in your life, you've been disqualified. There is good news though. Even my son Asher doesn't know it yet. We are, uh, even if my son Asher doesn't know it yet, we are offered a straight and direct line to God. So let's pick it back up in Hebrews 10, where we, uh, we just left off verse 12. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering, Jesus on the cross, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. He has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. Sanctification is the process of being made holy, being made more righteous, more like God. And those who are being sanctified are the followers of God who have placed their faith in Jesus for their salvation. So here the author of Hebrews is telling us that those of us who believe in Jesus as our Savior, who are being sanctified, as in we're not holy yet, as in we still have sin, we still mess up, Believers have been made perfect for all time. 
So this may be a little hard to understand, but if God is outside time because he created it, then he is more than able to count perfection towards us now, even though it hasn't been finished just yet. The perfection of Jesus has been applied to us now. This is huge. This is what our access to God hinges on. Though we are sinners, still to be fully sanctified, faith in Jesus makes us acceptable to go into the presence of God now. So now jumping down to verse 17 of chapter 10. Verse 17, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. So then the author of Hebrews, uh, I'm sorry, that was the author quoting God from the Old Testament. God is saying that. I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. But then the author kind of gives some commentary, expounds on this quote in verse 18, saying, Where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any offering for sin. Friends, if you have faith in Jesus, you are 100% completely forgiven in God's eyes. You are 100% complete and holy for all time in God's eyes, even if you're not finished just yet. There is no longer any offering that you can give for sin. The sacrifice of the perfect son of God on the cross stretches to eternity past and eternity future to cover his people, to remove our sin and to make us perfect. If you place faith in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you accept his sacrifice to pay for your sin, then you don't have to have a squiggly line to God and you don't have to take my word for it. The author of Hebrews takes it there himself. This is what he uh, is saying in the next section of chapter 10. So let's pick it up in verse 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus. So the holy places here uh, represented the dwelling place and the presence of God in the temple uh, in the Old Testament. They were the areas of God's temple that you could not access without being completely cleansed with all the proper rituals and ceremonies. The priests could enter, but they did so with fear and trembling, hoping that they did the sacrifices and the rituals correctly. Otherwise, they could die. But because of Jesus, we can enter the presence of God with confidence and without fear. All right, let's pick it back up. Since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened up for, uh, that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh, we no longer enter, enter the presence of God through sacrifices and cleansing and payments, but through the new and living way, through faith that the sacrifice of Jesus has made us holy. Verse 21. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, Jesus being that great priest, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. If you are a follower of Christ, 
you have direct access to God with confidence because you are made sinless in God's eyes. You have direct access to God with confidence because you are cleansed, made perfect, and acceptable to God even now in your sanctification process. Why? Because of Jesus and Jesus alone. Not because of anything you do. But if you are not a follower of Jesus, if you do not believe or accept that Jesus lived a historical, blameless, and sinless life, if you do not believe Jesus was hung on the cross to pay for your sin and the sin of the world, you do not have access to God. You surely don't have a direct line. You don't have any way to access him. Unbeliever, you have no access to God or to salvation or to the removal of your sin. This comes in no other way except through Jesus. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And this whole idea is exactly what Jesus was talking about when he said that. As the Hebrew author said earlier in our study, we have access to God through the curtain that is through his flesh. It is the bodily sacrifice of Jesus that is the only access to salvation and forgiveness. This is why Jesus came. This is why we celebrate Christmas because we celebrate God the Father sending his perfect son to provide the way of access to God. So I urge you, if you have not, Put your faith in Jesus as your sacrifice, as your Savior, as the way, the truth, and the life. Okay, so what does this mean for followers of Jesus? What do I do with direct access to God? Well, let's swing back to the last part of our series verses, and we will find our answer there. So we're going to go back to, oops, turn too far here, Hebrews chapter 4. And we're going to dive in at verse 14. Since then, we have a great high priest. Jesus is our high priest because he has offered a sacrifice for the sin of the world, just as the high priest would offer sacrifices for the whole nation of Israel. Since then, we have a, high, a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus has gone to where God the Father is, is what that means. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession, or let us hold tight to our declaration of faith in God. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Jesus was human. Jesus lived a hard, sickness-saturated life with temptation and difficulty all around him every single day, just like you and me. So he can relate to us. All right, verse 16. Verse 16 is, uh, is the key verse for us this morning. So let's look at that. Let us then with confidence, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. For Christians, 
It is not a throne of judgment, but of grace. That we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Through Jesus, we have confidence in our relationship with God. That he will accept us. That he does accept us. That he will welcome us. That he will continue to provide us with what we need to live a life according to his plans and will. He will continue to provide mercy when we fail. He will continue to provide grace as we continue the sanctification process, the growth process that he has planned for us. We do not have to be afraid to come to God in prayer when we are not perfect. That is what the whole point of Jesus coming was about. We can never be perfect. But because of Jesus, we can come confidently. So abandon your squiggly line. Abandon your own personal rituals of self-cleansing and self-sacrifice or self-holification. I just made that word up. So that that God might accept you. You're never going to make it happen. If your faith is in Jesus, you have been made clean. You have been accepted. Approach God with confidence. If your faith is in Jesus, you have been made clean. You have been accepted. You can approach God with confidence. Why? That we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. Friends, what if every one of us in this church took advantage of this daily? What if each of us came to our Father daily to receive mercy, to ask for grace, for ourselves, for our families, for our communities, how much different would your life be? How much less anxiety would you have? How much more peace would you experience when things are difficult? I want to challenge you to do just that. I challenge you to step into this next year, not worried about what 2021 will bring. Instead, approach God with confidence this new year in prayer and in a commitment to take advantage of your direct access to him in confidence daily. And I have just the way for you to get that kick started. At the beginning, I mentioned something called seven days of prayer that FCC does in January. Starting on Sunday, January 3rd, we will be meeting for seven days in a row at 7 p.m. for 20 to 30 minutes to take advantage of our direct access to the Father together. Each evening, we'll be reminded of biblical truth. We will go to his throne of grace in prayer together, and we will pray for change. We will pray for the sanctification of our hearts. We will pray for the maturation of our church. We will ask for mercy and grace, and God will deliver because that's who he is, and that's what he says he will do. So join us in our fourth habit of daily prayer and Bible study with confidence. As we wrap up, let's take 30 seconds to think about this question. Do you act like you have a direct line or a squiggly line to God? Do you have access to God at all? Friends, if you do not have a relationship with God, if you do not have access to God at all, let me talk to you about that. Let us talk to you about that. You can also let us know in the connect card if you would like to talk with someone about starting a relationship with Jesus. Okay, let's pray together, friends. 
God, we are so thankful that you provided your son to come and live a perfect life for us, to be the sacrifice for us, to remove our sin so that we could have forgiveness, so that we could have direct access to you, Father. And I pray that we wouldn't take that for granted. I pray that we would come to you asking for mercy, asking for grace, so that we can further be sanctified, so that you can change us more and more into your Son, into the image of Jesus. I pray that we would have confidence to come to you daily. We love you, God. Thank you so much for loving us first, for coming after us and establishing that access that we can have to you. Amen.